People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Ahoy and welcome back to the show. Right, a little bit of housekeeping, but first, today we welcome on Richard D. Lewis. Okay, this guy is very interesting. He used to be in the uh, United uh, States Air Force, uh, and then he moved into broadcasting journalism, uh, and now he's an author. Okay, and what he's trying to do, he's trying to point out in the Bible, there's quite a lot of supernatural claims, there's quite a lot of paranormal things going on in the Bible. And it's almost like a lot of it's overlooked, okay? The paranormal, the supernatural is still taboo, even for people who believe in the Bible. So his book is called The Paranormal Christian. And really, that's what it looks into. It looks into the claims of the Bible, the paranormal, and he thinks it should be more accepted, more mainstream, should we say, than it is. So, you know, if you think you'll be interested in that, then the book is called The Paranormal Christian, is available on Amazon. He's also got his own website, the uh, Zoran Press. Uh, and I'll guess I'll leave links to this in the um, show notes. So if you need to find it, that's where it'll be. But yeah, it is available on, on Amazon. So, you know, that's the easiest place to get it. Listen to the show, and if you like it, pick up the book. Right, housekeeping then. So, a couple of new podcasts in the pipeline. Well, first one, the uh, When Cryptids Call... Is going to be a phone-in show. Uh, people that have had strange encounters. That is live now. Um, so if you can find it, if you're into cryptids and that, then obviously go and find it. Uh, when cryptids call. Again, I'll leave the link to this in the show notes, but it'll be the audio boom link. Um, so you'll need to find it on whichever podcast app you use. If you can't find it on, a, you know, a certain podcast app that you use, then please let me know because I need to obviously distribute it to to all of them um so yeah that'd be helpful but when cryptids call so yeah if you're into that please go across listen to it review it if you can um you know it's a brand new podcast so the only way really to get it off the ground is by word of mouth so i need you guys to help me out i need you guys to uh share it review it all that good stuff and obviously you know uh, my humble thanks goes out to you all before you've done it so yeah thank you very much second podcast or third podcast I guess is going to be like um, just chatting about random stuff three guys having a beer um, and just talking about yeah random things basically like a, we call it over here sort of like talking bollocks um, so if you think you'd be interested in hearing me um, Dan from This Week in History and Phil from Scared and maybe a few other people as we go along will be joining us as we go along there so if you think you'd be interested in that then let me know if you don't think you'd be interested in that then obviously you can let me know as well but if you think that would be something that you'd, you know, you'd be willing to have a look at then let me know at supernaturalpod at gmail.com I'd like to get your input and you know we're going we're gonna to record one or a couple listen to them see what we think and then put it out and obviously you'll know when we do if you're on our social media off any of our social media then you'll know when it goes live but yeah 
feedback, guys. I need it um, for when the cryptic calls and um, and for this one. So if you can let me know at supernaturalpod at gmail.com, I'd be very uh, grateful. Okay, without further ado, let's get on to today's show. So I give you Richard D. Lewis. Right, well, first of all, when we're talking about the supernatural and the Bible, to me as an outsider, because I'm not religious, um, never really have been, never needed, needed it. And it's different in the UK. I don't think we're, you know, that bothered about it, a lot of families here. Christmas we do, and that's about it. But when I look at the Bible, it seems to me obvious that there's a lot of supernatural elements in the Bible. And I know this is where you're coming from, but... Why do you think there's a reluctancy from people who, who believe the Bible to look at the supernatural elements as being supernatural? Well, you know, you know, Lee, it's, it's, it's a good point that you make there because really I don't think there should be that reticence among Christians to discuss the paranormal because the paranormal and supernatural, they mean the same thing. So I do realize that the word paranormal is polarizing for a lot of people of the Christian faith. For one thing, the Bible gives warnings about um, me and not to practice mediumship and so forth. But, you know, a lot of the things that you see from the Christian standpoint versus the, you know, the new age or, uh, you know, just the contemporary view, view of the paranormal, it's really looking at the same thing from two sides of a coin. So the thing I want to do, especially to the Christian readers, is to let them know that, you know, there's nothing wrong with having an interest in the paranormal because the Bible is a paranormal book from from cover to cover. I mean, it's, it's inherently paranormal. It's replete with the paranormal. But I also want to reach out to people who maybe aren't Christians like like yourself or who are culturally Christians, but aren't really um, religious in nature to know that, you know, the Bible doesn't have to be uh, a divisive uh, thing for people. In fact, uh, if you're interested in the paranormal, I think you'll find a lot to be interested in and what the Bible has to say as well. And I feel that it all really fits under one big picture. Oh, I mean, we hear of stories about what well, we know that reincarnation, for example, uh, not just Jesus, but we know that that was involved, that was in, you know, integral to the Bible at the beginning. And then obviously later on, it was King James and Matt took that out. But these things are in there. And, you know, some people say things were taken out to make people easier to control, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, there's a lot more going on there than we give credit for. And one of the stories that comes to mind is this, you know, people living under this pillar of smoke um, crossing the desert and, you know, it's giving them shade by day, light by night, and it's feeding them. I mean, you don't get more supernatural than that. I mean, what's your take on that story? Well, you know, I believe that there are certain things that, you know, really aren't explainable other than than something miraculous, which would certainly be supernatural. I think there are a few things uh, in the Bible that would that would be that. For example, uh, the virgin birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's something that I believe, uh, I believe is, is just true. Uh, I believe everything that the Bible says is, is true and what it, what it uh, reports and what it affirms. 
But then sometimes I think that a lot of the things that appear as supernatural really are explainable through science, but they're supernatural more in the timing and how they're, they're enacted. For, for example, um, the walls falling at Jericho, you know, um, when people blow the sound uh, the trumpet and walls fall down, um, that's a miracle that's attributed to God through prophecy. But it could also be a, an earthquake or some other natural cause which made the walls of Jericho fall down, but there's still a miracle in the timing of it. And we see the same thing in, in intuition and synchronicities, which are all things that, 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 that people report. But, uh, you know, in a pillar of smoke, I mean, it could be something as simple as a volcano, but there's a uh, there's purpose and divinity in the revelation through through the prophecy, uh, through the prophets, where things like that are, are revealed. But they could be also explainable by science, or it could very well be a magical, you know, f a flaming uh, specter <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. there. My you mind know, goes to UFO, but yes, oh UFOs, yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting, too, um, because, well, I think that uh, the majority of, of, of UAPs, as a lot of the people like I'm a I'm a veteran of the of the U.S. Air Force and uh, UAP is, is more of the, of the thing that's in vogue now. But I like I like UFO because that's the classic definition. Yeah, yeah. But that is that presumes that something is flying whenever it may or may not be an object flying. I think when you see an object flying, usually it's something like our own technology that that's that, that we don't know about this maybe the government's hiding from us but there are ufo experiences in the bible you look at um ezekiel's wheels for example um elijah's whirlwind things like that um are they miraculous things um what if cosmic beings use light ships what if that's how they fly around you know i mean i don't i don't think that's out of the realm of possibility um but it is certainly a uh, a testimony that's in the bible and something that's it's very interesting to think about. Absolutely. So this supernatural element to the Bible, I mean, the Big Bang, yeah, I mean, that's kind of supernatural, isn't it? I, you know, it just happened. But we believe once. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about right. that. You know, you could well, really see that as being supernatural for just to kick off things, you know? Oh, yeah. No, that's 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 a great point that you make there. You know, and, and the, the Bible and science uh, and the supernatural, they don't have to be at odds with each other. And that's one of the things I'm trying to do with this book is trying to, to bridge that gap. Because to me as a Christian, whenever new truths are revealed, it just uh, helps me understand God better. And, um, you know, the church has always been a patron of, of science. Uh, there have been a, a few notable exceptions where it wasn't really the fault of the, the faith or, or God or, or the church, but certain, maybe certain leaders of the church who were afraid. But the thing is, is the faith and the Bible are, are, are very safe from science and from the paranormal and anything we experience in this world. But when we learn something new, like the Big Bang, um, you know, rather than being afraid of it and thinking that it somehow challenges the faith, um, to me, that, that just testifies to Genesis 1-1. Um, and, and God said, let there be light. I mean, what better way to describe that than is this blinding flash uh, out of nothingness from whence everything came. And it also kind of proves the existence of God because it creates a logical argument for a, an uncaused cause, because for every effect, there must be a cause, which means that it's an irreducible singularity from whence everything came 
beyond that, you'll find God. So to me, when I have revelations, yes, the Big Bang is not only science, but it's also supernatural. And it apparently explains where we came from. Well, yeah. So give me an example of something that you run across when you was, um, you know, looking at the Bible and then you, you, you sort of realize that yeah, there's more to this. Well, there's so many things. It's really hard. I mean, the Bible is replete with the supernatural. And the, the only reason why that this is uh, off-putting or mystifying to uh, some of your more modern Christians um, is because they don't have the supernatural worldview that the Bible writers had. That's the thing we have to understand. We have to understand the Bible from its context. You know, uh, it was written prior to the time of our, you know, cause and effect Newtonian worldview, naturalistic worldview, where people believed in the supernatural who wrote the Bible and not just the Bible writers, but all of our ancient um, ancestors, all the tribal peoples of the world had a sense of spirit, you know? And um, so there's so many things there. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, UFOs, but um, I would say ghosts is a great example of a belief that, um, that you see in the Bible. For example, when Jesus is walking on the water, the Bible says that his disciples were terrified thinking that he was a ghost. And then he says, you know, fear not because a ghost doesn't have um, flesh and bone as you see that I have. Well, if ghosts were not a real experience, uh, Jesus would have had a, a perfect opportunity to debunk it right then and there. And he could have said something like, hey, come on, guys, you, you know, it's me. You know, there's no such things as ghosts. But he said, no, a ghost doesn't doesn't appear as I appear. And also the fact that it says they believe that he was a ghost. Uh, the same thing happened uh, during his resurrection, whenever he said, you know, touch me and see for yourself, because, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a physical man. He was saying because he was a physical manifestation, um, something, something different, you know, um, he didn't say there's no such thing as ghosts. They believe that he was a ghost. So we can't uh, implicitly prove that the Bible is saying that ghosts are real, but we can certainly say that it's not. It's, 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 you can't say that ghosts are not true based on the Bible. If anything, it would lead you to believe uh, the opposite. And whether or not ghosts are real, I personally believe they are real. But we could certainly draw the conclusion that the disciples and even Jesus himself believed that they were real. So when you start seeing things like that, and then your modern testimony for the church uh, are many people from a fearful standpoint don't want to acknowledge these things. That that told me that, you know, I think it's time to write this book because um, we need to start looking at this from a through a different lens and a different viewpoint. Yeah, almost like going back to basics sort of thing, you know, maybe we overcomplicate things. Now, I know a lot of stories in the Bible, maybe allegories, you know, for different things and maybe we, we try and put too much emphasis on certain words and certain um, maybe phrases, right. you know, where we, we try and bring in modern day interpretations to things we're reading. But again, like you point out, you know, these people were living in a totally different world. Um, yes. And maybe, and I, I've said this many a times, I, I've been to places that are haunted and, um, I, I tend to think you go back to um, like a castle, um, you go back to a, and you know a, a place that's been around a long time and maybe doesn't have electricity and things like this, and you tend to get a lot more going on, um, even ruins in places. So, you know, whether 
whether there's a cause and effect there, whether whether the electricity that we're introducing into the system and things like this and high EMFs and, and things like that, which I know can cause hallucinations, so they could be part of the problem as well. But maybe this electricity electrical field that we live in um, causes a lot of this phenomena to be um, sidelined almost. And, and if you think about a time when people didn't have any of this, you know, didn't have electricity, didn't have all this, and maybe that, that realm, maybe the you know, between the two realms was so thin that it was almost overlapping. Yes, I agree. That's, that's a very good point because the spirit um, does seem to manifest a lot more. Spiritual experiences happen in a natural, uh, in a natural way, a lot more when we don't have interference from other things. I mean, and, you know, let's say our daily lives are, are so filled with media. We've always, we're always um, inundated with, a television, radio, our phones, electricity, um, our day-to-day lives were, is a very hectic, is a much smaller pace for our ancestors, uh, or slower pace, I should say. And, you know, there's, there's hints of this in the Bible where it says, God says, be still and know that I am God and that the Lord speaks in a still small voice. So you have to quiet your mind. You have to meditate. You have to pray. This is how you get in contact with the spirit world. And, um, one of the things uh, is if people are having a paranormal manifestation at their house, for example, uh, poltergeist activity, things like that. One of the th- things I tell people to do first is turn on the lights, you know, put some noise in the room. It's whenever things are allowed to get uh, still and stale and dark and dank with cobwebs and such. And like you say, abandoned houses or, uh, or a perfect area for ghosts that to, to manifest, it's like they can build that energy up in those areas where you don't have the sunlight and, and electricity thing, and things like that going on. But to your earlier point about um, giving the Bible a break, I think really that's what's something that we need to do as well, because the Bible really isn't a, um, it isn't a book like a novel. It's, it's an encyclopedia, a collection of many, many books, um, you know, 66 in the Protestant, um, uh, the Bible uh, and uh, the, the traditional Christian Bible, but then the Orthodox viewpoint, the Catholic Bible has even more books. You've got the uh, Apocrypha and then um, the, um, you know, Ethiopian church has even more than that. So um, depending on how you look at it, it's at least 66 volumes and they're all different kinds of literature there. There are historical books and, but there's also books of poetry. So um, I believe, like I said earlier, that the Bible is true and everything it says and affirms, but you've got to look at things differently when you're, when you're looking at uh, ancient epic literature and uh, how it's describing things. But, but we do the same thing even in, in our modern vernacular in English. You know, um, you might say, uh, you know, if, if your house, uh, if, if God forbid, if, if, if there was rainwater flooding your house, um, and uh, a couple of inches of water swept through the house, you would say that your house got flooded. Well, um, does that mean that it was literally covered to the top of the house in water, but in your mind it was flooded? Or, you know, people say this kind of thing all the time, like, oh man, I'm starving when they're hungry. No, they're not really starving. And you know what they mean. So yeah. people need to give the Bible a little bit of a break and not try to take everything said uh, literally. Yeah. However, on the other hand, um, the Bible, when it does speak in areas of history or science, I do believe is true. For example, uh, a lot of times people want to be overly hard on the Bible and, you know, they'll say that this, this, this region didn't exist or these people are allegorical, but then over time, um, archeology span and science discovers 
things that they're true. Like, um, uh, for example, they, they found, you know, evidence of uh, Pontius Pilate, you know, prefect of Judea. They found that they found that tablet, uh, that writing on a tablet um, a few, you know, years back, whenever for a long time, critics said that that was just an allegorical figure. So uh, I feel like that that spectrum, you know, it kind of goes goes either way. But um, but there is a great divide between the paranormal experience and those of us um, like yourself who are interested in the paranormal and those in the church who say uh, stay away from that kind of thing. I mean, ghosts are something that we've experienced as humans uh, since the dawn of, 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 of our creation, I'm sure. Um, I've experienced it in my, myself personally. So you can't tell me something I've seen with my own eyes isn't true. But then at the same time, I want to try to correlate that as well for those who don't experience it or haven't and help them understand it too, that it's not bad or it's not evil uh, per se to have these experiences or be intrigued by them. I mean, I, I always liken it to um, electricity, you know. Um, electricity is, is neither good nor evil. It's just electricity. But you can send it to an electric chair or you can send it to an incubator, you know. Right, right. Electricity, job. yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's that's great. Electricity is like that. Fire is like that. Yeah. Um, almost anything that can be used for good can be used for bad. And really, uh, again, I think that it's like looking at two sides of the coin. Um, you know, you can witchcraft that is um, to say uh, it, it really I'm not saying that witchcraft in and of itself. Um, like there's a there's a spec there's a whole spectrum of things like uh, I, I certainly feel like black magic. Uh, you know, putting curses on people, things like that would definitely fall into the realm of evil. But, um, but I guess prayer, it's like we're all, we're kind of told that all magic's bad. You know what I mean? This sort of thing. And right. But prayer, you know, yeah. prayer is, is basically the same as, as magic, isn't it? So I think that pro prophecy, whether it's good or evil, um, it all depends on your point of view, how it's being used and where the source is coming from. I mean, if you're if you're literally uh, conjuring demons and, um, you know, trying if you're trying to do things out of your own power, um, if you're trying to force things uh, to coerce and harm others through 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 manifesting powers outside of God. That's what the Bible is talking about when it talks about witchcraft and mediumship. It's the same kind of thing. So, you know, why are you conjuring spirits to uh, find out and divine things whenever you can just go right to the source? You can just go to God. But that doesn't doesn't say that spirits cannot manifest and speak to people. And um, uh, because, I mean, we, we all uh, have stories of this in our families where uh, or almost every family does or, you know, someone that does where. A departed loved one, especially like a parent, or God forbid, a child that precedes a parent in into the um, in crossing over to the other world. People almost always are gifted with these visions. They have nighttime visions, uh, a dream, or uh, a loved one will appear at the foot of their bed. I mean, I've interviewed so many people where this has happened. I've had it happen to me where I've experienced after death communications, and the church doesn't say that. God can't allow a provision for something like that to occur. And then we have the testimony of the Bible where we see, you know, Moses and Elijah appearing to Jesus at the transfiguration. You know, we see Saul 
um, being visited by the prophet Samuel after he departed. Um, although that was conjured up through the means of a medium, still it's something that God allowed. So it makes, it brings one the possibility and it makes you wonder. Um, the Bible says, I am the, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who had all passed away by the time that was, that was said. Um, I'm the God of the living, not the God of the dead. So that tells me that the spirit, the soul, that which makes us unique is so much more than flesh and blood. And it continues on after death. And um, it only makes sense that these kind of things would, would then follow. Yeah. Well, you mentioned a couple of experiences that you've, you've had yourself. So, I mean, do you want, do you want to go into those? Oh yeah, no, I've, I've definitely had a, a, a few experiences myself. Um, you know, I think the thing about the paranormal is really the paranormal is normal. Um, and there's nothing alien or foreign about it. Um, however, I don't think that we should be seeing a ghost or a demon under every rock. And I think that's the, that's the danger there is we should, we should be a little bit skeptical. And anytime there's some type of experience, you should try to rule out natural explanations first. You know, you see a strange light in the sky. Well, that's not uh, an astronomical event, is it? Or that's not a street light that I'm seeing that's kind of hanging funny in the fog. I mean, always look to try to see the rational, logical explanation first. But then beyond that, there are these things that are unexplained, these things that are uh, would fall into the, the paranormal. And yes, I've had, a, I've had uh, some experiences like that. And when you see it with your own eyes, it's, it's really hard to dismiss. You know, I was, um, I was at Big Lake, Minnesota many years ago visiting my in-laws. And I was outside one night, and this was a, an ancient an area that I was in. It was out in the country, um, lots of lakes around. Of course, you know, um, there seems to be some type of connection with water and the paranormal. Um, in Minnesota, there's, it's, known, it's known as the land of 10,000 lakes. And there's actually many more than 10,000 uh, scattered throughout Minnesota, especially in the, um, the, the northern areas of Minnesota, like the northern two-thirds of the state. So I'm in, I'm in Big Lake, Minnesota, and I'm outside one night, and I'm sitting, um, or actually standing, really, uh, outside a barn, uh, kind of this barn structure. It's, uh, my father-in-law was using it as a, as a driveway and as a shed, um, but it's an, it's an old building been around for a long time and I'm out there I'm, I'm having a cigar and relaxing before bed and everybody's already turned in for the night and I'm just out there in the under the moonlight it's a dark it's a dark night but I can I can see a little bit through the moon and also there's a little uh, a little light that my father-in-law had above the building but anyway I'm just out there minding my own business and I'm not expecting to see anything paranormal which is the other indication that something is real you know anytime I've had a paranormal event I've not gone seeking for it. Like I'm not ghost hunting. So it's not wishful thinking. I'm not hoping to experience something paranormal. I'm in fact expecting not to experience something paranormal. I'm expecting just to have this be like almost every other night of my life where I uh, go outside for, for a little while and then I turn in for bed. When suddenly I see this shimmering um, orb manifestation and there's a little dirt road that I'm, that I'm staring down and there's an old wooden fence uh, bordering a giant field on my on my other side uh, to my right. And then I'm looking ahead and I'm down this dirt road and this orb manifestation starts coming down the road towards me. And it's, um, you know, I couldn't have made it up in my imagination because it's 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 not what I would have expected. It's a it's globular in nature. It's 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 a shimmering with kind of rainbow colors. 
and it's uh, kind of misshapen and, and, and kind of uh, gelatinous as it, as it flows through the air. Um, so my eyes are following this thing. And then it, um, or this being, I should say, I don't want to disrespect uh, what this uh, manifestation might have been. So then it, anyway, it, it, it actually goes into the building that I was standing next to and disappears behind the wall of the building. So then I put my ear uh, up next to the building and I heard a woman sobbing behind the wall of the building. And this of course startled me, I wasn't expecting that. And uh, I immediately began praying for what I perceived to be uh, a, maybe a lost soul. I wasn't really sure um, if, it was a, if it was an earthbound spirit roaming the, the earth plane there, but I started praying for it. And immediately when I started praying, the sound ceased. Um, and I, uh, I looked around, I didn't see anything else outside. And then I put my ear back to the structure and the sobbing had, had, had stopped. So that's an example of, of a paranormal uh, event that I witnessed. And I, I really don't know what that was unless, and I don't know if there was a connection between the building and this being, you know, if maybe something happened there, or maybe it was just one of those connections, like you were saying, where um, something uh, on loop, you know, where um, it's dark, it's out in the country, there's not a lot of activity around, it's very quiet at night to allow something like this to manifest. But I, I certainly uh, was uh, surprised when I, when I saw this and uh, it made for interesting breakfast conversation the next day. Yeah, indeed. I mean, th those orbs are seen, you know, everywhere, you know, everywhere. And, you know, going back to what you were saying at the beginning there, I mean, when we look at these ancient cultures all around the world, when you mention ghosts, you know, everybody's got an example of a ghost, a spirit. Uh, so, can it just be human imagination? I, I find it difficult that people all around the world will come up with the same idea and not even, I mean, they're, they're almost identical. Aren't they? I mean, this, they see these things as people, as people that they knew, as, you know, it's, it's got to be something to it. And like you mentioned prayer as well. I mean, there's been plenty of study on prayer now where even people yes. who aren't necessarily religious can manifest things. Um, I know the group absolutely needs Ab absolutely there's there's I mean there's been um, um, there's a gentleman named uh, Dossi that uh, explored this uh, scientifically where tests were done and people prayed over bacteria and the yeah. uh, and uh, bacteria that was prayed over versus that wasn't uh, flourished more um, prayer is is real there's something to it there's a an effect and even people that are atheists uh, will pray and uh you know being a military veteran there's um, an old saying that we have that there's no atheists in a foxhole and i think you find that suddenly people that say they're atheists suddenly uh they they, they find a form of faith when there's some type of um uh, unique uh, uh compelling need suddenly they reach for something outside themselves and i think that's just normal as humans that we that we have this um inner desire to seek after uh the paranormal to seek after the supernatural to seek after something something greater than ourselves but ghosts are uh something that's been experienced by humanity through it, this crosses culturals uh, divides it crosses um religious divides and more to to my uh audience which is mostly i'm looking at trying to reach out to christians who haven't have an open mind but to, really to anybody that's a seeker with an open mind, but particularly to the Christians, because, you know, Christians aren't talking about these things openly in the church. 
in most cases. However, they all have these same stories as well. So it's not foreign to the Christian experience. They just don't talk about it at church. Uh, almost every Christian family I talk to has these stories of, of ghosts and departed loved ones. And um, the knee-jerk reaction from a lot of the more um, kind of um, rigid evangelical viewpoint is that, well, they'll, they may acknowledge it, but they'll say it has to be demons. Well, you know, if you say everything that is um, supernatural is demonic, that's like saying that um, Satan can do something that God can't, as if the forces of darkness are more powerful than God. And I know that's not true at all. It's just the opposite. Um, and also, I would have to ask, what would, um, what would Satan, what would demonic spirits gain from bringing you comforting uh, visions of your loved ones? There's really nothing to be gained there. You, there's, it's only, it only lifts your heart up to God and, and gives you comfort and peace. And that's not what uh, the negative entities are after, yeah. in my viewpoint. No, I know. I mean, um, I can see where the people who believe in the archons might see that different, where they might see that these are, this is part of the trick to get you to go to the light. Um, but, and I've heard examples of people seeing uh, relatives at the bedside, but they're not quite right, where say you've got a, an uncle, for example, or you might, uh, I don't know if you want to, you have your uncle in your bedroom, but um depending on where, you, where you're from, but they um, they might see him and he might have um, like blue eyes when he has normally brown eyes, that kind of thing. So it's something slightly off, you know, and it's almost like something's trying to reach you through something you, you know, true. you recognize, you know, that kind of thing. But no, I think in general, generally speaking, I think you're right. It is, uh, it's definitely comforting, especially if you're a parent who's lost a child or, you know, that kind of thing. And, Right. Well, and I, yeah, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, uh, yeah, don't, uh, I don't want your, your, your listeners to misunderstand me there. I do think, you know, the Bible talks about that um, Lucifer uh, would appear as an angel of light. I don't want uh, anyone to misunderstand that I, that I'm not, that I'm saying that, um, and, you know, manifestations, demonic uh, or otherwise could not arise from the means of a, a with an, ulter an ulterior motive, uh, negative entities could, I believe, manifest this. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying that this rigid viewpoint by some Christians where it's all demonic, it must be demonic, that you can't have that comforting vision. That's just not, that's not, uh, the, the, it's, it's a stretch from the, from the Bible. The church doesn't say that. And it's just actually kind of mean really whenever someone has, like you say, lost a child or uh, a parent or whatever, and they're grieving, um, even psychologists have studied this phenomena from a not from a religious standpoint because it's it's actually it's actually a, a known phenomena in psychology that these manifestations happen to people who are grieving. So a lot of the psychologists say that it's a uh, it's kind of like something a trick of your mind. But they whether or not they believe it's true and it's supernatural, they know that it's real that it happens to people, mm -hmm. and they've acknowledged that it does bring people comfort and. Um, you know, for example, I had laser eye surgery uh, many years ago, and um, I had a, a bad experience with it. Um, I had a very um, significant astigmatism. In fact, I wasn't um, approved for the surgery uh, until I made multiple attempts because um, I had some scarring on, on my uh, the cornea of one of my eyes, and um, doctors were afraid that it was, wasn't a safe. But I finally found a doctor that agreed to do the surgery that was really good. 
uh, a former um, a nuclear uh, submarine officer, uh, scientist, and, and doctor, just very, 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 a very uh, clinical scientist who felt confident that he could do a good job. Well, so um, I went and got the surgery and they forgot to give me the, uh, the sedative prior to the surgery. And um, I didn't ask for it. I decided to just tough it out. And um, I went through this, the surgery, which by the way, was a, was a bit like what I imagine an alien abduction experience was like, you know, when you're, when you're getting, uh, getting the, the laser surgery, the things that you see, it's very strange, but, um, but without having that sedative ahead of time, I tried to tough it out. And, um, you know, the, the, part where the the cornea is healing and stuff i i went through a lot of pain you're supposed to go home you're supposed to take a nap and i believe the intent is to sleep through a lot of that healing but i didn't and then i couldn't go to sleep and i didn't have a sedative ahead of time and i was stuck in a strange hotel couldn't see my vision was blurry my eyes were on fire they were watering i, I felt terrible and my mother from the time i was a child and i, and I was having vision problems always worried after me uh, about my eyesight um, it was, it was a, a very, you know, traumatic experience as a child to have this, this issue. Uh, we were very poor. We couldn't afford even glasses for me when I was in school. I couldn't see the blackboard as a child. Uh, it was a very traumatic thing as a child having issues with my vision. And uh, it was something that really caused my mother a lot of worry. Well, when I was having this experience, I was all alone. I was in a strange city, a strange hotel. I couldn't even see to dial the phone because it was, it was too painful uh, and my vision was blurry and I thought something bad was happening. I'm like, and I was starting to wonder, am I going blind? This fear that, that I had as a child that I'd forgotten that my mother had, is it now coming to pass? Well, at, through the night, as I was suffering these agonies, um, I, I had a vision of my mother where she appeared above the bed I was laying in and, uh, she didn't make any sound, but she appeared, you know, spectrally kind of like how you imagine a ghost in terms of, um, it, it was like um, kind of bluish, whitish, you know, yeah. how ghosts always look in the movies. But it was her clearly her appearance. And she looked as she looked when she was in her 20s. So she was her younger self. She didn't say anything, but she had a, she, she kind of, she looked just exactly like my mother and she blew me a kiss, right? And then, and then her, her image disappeared. Well, when I received that vision, um, which I believe was from God, which I believe was indeed my mother, I let me know right then and there, everything was going to be okay. So, you know, I fumbled around in the dark. I was able to find a coffee maker in the room. I made some, I made some coffee. It was like some kind of brown mud with, with uh, uh, lots of uh, grounds floating around. It was horrible because I couldn't see to really make it properly. But either way, this warm, it was warm. It was comforting. I was shivering from pain, but I was, I, I suddenly, I knew everything was going to be okay after that. And uh, after tossing and turning for hours, you know, I was able to fumble with the radio beside the bed, uh, the clock radio. I found a, uh, a jazz station and there was a soothing voice there, soothing music. I laid back on the pillow and I finally drifted off to sleep. And when I woke up a few hours later, I was still in pain, but it was now at a manageable level. And I knew, OK, I'm starting to come over. I'm coming over the, uh, the, crust, uh, uh, the crest of this, uh, starting to come down. It may take some time, but I'm going to be okay. Again, back to the, my original point, what, why would Satan give me a vision like that? There's no, there's no point in it other than it was a point to comfort me and let me know that everything was going to be okay. Yeah.
Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, those. Um, yeah, I mean, you hear so many of these stories where people come to them, and and like you were saying about the science before, where people can say, uh, you know, this is just something going on in the brain, this kind of thing. But then you get examples of people seeing people before they know the dead. Ah, yes. You know, and that's more difficult to explain that way uh, because I can understand if you know someone's dead, you might see, you might, you may, but not before, you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, where do you stand on the sixth sense? Because a lot of people talk about it, you know, this where people people know someone's looking at them from across the room, that kind of thing. I mean, where do you stand on something like that? Well, and, you know, that's this is where I think the... Uh, the paranormal is normal. Like, I mean, I said earlier, you know, this is the, there's this tension between um, the different arguments and a lot of people that get vexed by this, whether it's people in the church or people who are interested in the paranormal, but they're, they're, they've got all these issues with religion. They had bad experiences. They just don't, they just don't want to go there where you see this, uh, this myriad of this, uh, the spectrum where, um, more than one thing can be true at the same time. And um, this is where I think is perfectly natural because I, be I believe that all people are psychic and I believe that this is just the way God made us. And there's, again, going back to the testimony of our ancestors, before our modern age where we had science and, and technology uh, or to a refined level where you've got um, computers and telephones and electricity and, and light and all these other things, and you're living in a very natural world, you're, you're going to have to have your senses, your intuition is going to have to be a lot more tuned in uh, just for survival. I mean, if you look at animals, animals by and large seem to be more intuitive than we are prior to uh, oh, yeah. calamities like earthquakes and natural disasters. There's all these stories of animals taking to the high ground before tsunamis and, mm -hmm. and hiding before earthquakes and things like that. So how do they know that something's about to go down? You know, and the same thing with, with ghosts and, and other testimonies there. Um we just seem to know things. I mean, and it's a very common experience to think of someone and then the telephone rings and it's them on the line or you get a feeling and then you contact someone and something just happened to them. So, I mean, uh, a lot of people think that science will be able to explain these things away at some point and make them a uh, uh, rational, but you know, there's just something a little more to it. And that's, that's part of the magic of, of humanity. And I mean, you know, and there's, these are gifts, you know, these are gifts from the Holy Spirit, I think. And there's nothing bad or, or, or evil about it. It's just how we are. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, nobody can really argue these points. It is, it is there. And, and the fact that it's been with us for thousands of years. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's like if you look at any great discovery in science or, or history or art, um, any, any, any patron of, of, of human advancement almost always has some type of help. You know, mm. there's a, there's an inspiration that hits them. They, they hit, they, they reach a certain point in their own power and their own intellect, and then they have to go beyond. And there's a little nudge, uh, that gets them there. And, you know, almost every scientist, great scientist, great artist, great musician talks about this this force this presence this muse you know they have a muse that helps them in fact that's where we get the word music from it's where the music comes from and i know as a writer myself as an artist as a thinker as a seeker um there's always this inner knowing you know there's times when 
I just need a little extra help to get there. And it, and it comes to me. And I think this is part of the human experience. And I think this is the spirit world uh, reaching out to us and, and giving us the help that we need. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, you know, people can chalk things up to coincidences. I know, but uh, many a time where I've been thinking about something and then days before we had Google, I mean, now you just Google everything, don't you? Yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, Many, many times where I've been thinking of something and I'd say to someone, oh, um, what was that thing? And I just couldn't remember it. I'd turn the TV on, bang, and the first thing I'd turn on would be a documentary about the thing I was trying to remember earlier on. It's just like, you know. So true. It's weird how that happens. And you, Or you you walk, you know, you like you say, I mean, even nowadays with text messages, sometimes you you would be thinking about texting someone. They text you just as you pick up the phone to text them. And so and it's like I moved on from the phone slightly, but it's still there, you know, and like right. these things have been with us uh, as well as the Bible, you know, these things have been parallel with us since for well, thousands of years. So it's definitely something to it. All. I mean, you say you want to reach out to Christians. Um, yeah, I get that because um, there'll be a lot of them who have got experiences that they don't know where to put them because of, like you said, everything's evil. Um, you know, if you've got something going on in your house, where well, this could be demon, and it's not always necessarily that. So, um, what what are the main hopes for the book? For them reaching out to the Christians, right? Well, I definitely want to bridge this gap, and and not just uh, to the Christians. The main the main thing I want to do with the with the Christian reader is to let them know that hey, you know, if they're interested in this stuff, if they think that there's something to it that that's okay. That's the first thing I want to get with them, that it's not evil to have an interest or a curiosity. I mean, for myself, you know, God calls us to do different things. There are certain areas of, of, of this is a ministry, you know, um, and it's my ministry and my outreach. Other There's other ministries out there, which I am not necessarily called to do, which are also good works that, uh, that I feel God calls people to do. Like, you know, there's all kinds of great things like feeding the homeless, disaster recovery. There's all kinds of things that have nothing to do with the paranormal, which are ministries. But this is but this is a ministry that I'm called to. And so that's my my first uh, thought is, is to the Christian to let them know that, hey, it's OK. And in fact, it doesn't con conflict with the Bible. But I also have a very great interest in the non-Christian reader who is open to uh, the unexplained, to the, the mysterious, to the paranormal, because what I want to let them know is that uh, the faith. The Christian faith is not um, antagonistic against them. And they're not, when people, if people have mistreated them or treated them poorly or said, you know, oh, you know, they, they get hate mail or something like that because they're interested in the paranormal. That's wrong. That's not Christian at all. And to let them know that, hey, the Bible welcomes these views. It's actually not in conflict with the scriptures. And that's, that's the biggest revelation, I think, to the people in the world is just they, there's this assumption that the Bible is against uh, people. And it's not, you know, uh, the Bible teaches first and foremost, that the greatest of all the spiritual gifts is love. And that's the thing we need to do with all humanity. And so really um, not to oversell it, my book, the paranormal Christian, it comes from a place of love and it's about acceptance and welcoming to all people, which is what I feel uh, the Christian faith is. Basically I feel that God chooses all people and um, calls all people. And really, it's on you. Uh, if you choose to reject God, it's, it's, it, that's, that's you. But, but your faith is a private matter. It's between you and him. Religion is, uh, we all, one of the greatest things about living in, in, a, in a free society, in a democracy, uh, is the fact that we have the freedom of religion, and uh, which is also the freedom to not have any religion at all. And 
you know, but the basic human experience is one that is supernatural, that is spiritual in nature. If you put a human off alone in a wilderness and a tribe of humans were to, you know, propagate, they become spiritual. They feel this inner knowing. They, they look up at the sky and the stars and, 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 the, and nature, and they sense that there's something greater at work there. And it's just very natural. We're, we're spiritual beings. We're intuitive. We're psychic by nature. We're, we have the seeking. And I just want to bring all of those uh, various worlds together, uh, bridge that gap, which is why I wrote my book, The Paranormal Christian, you know, and um, that's what it's all about, bringing people together. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. And you talk about, obviously, you started, your career was in the military. Then. So did you ever run across anything paranormal in the military or hear a story, you know? Yes, I, I, I have. Um, you know, I wish I could say that um, that I had direct um, experience with uh, Area 51 and things like that. I can tell you this. I've been around all the most advanced aircraft and spacecraft that is known that that is uh, that is publicly known. And some of the things which were were secret at, some, at one point, um, I've had uh, close up views of the F-117 uh, stealth uh, fighter, the, the, the Nighthawk, uh, the B-2 stealth bomber. I've seen both of these vehicles in flight. The B-2 many times is very stealthy, um, both in the fact that it's not only blacked out and stealth to radar, but it's also very quiet. And it takes on um, a, the shape of like, a, if it's coming at you on the horizon, it takes on like a fingernail shape. You can barely see it. I mean, it can, it can literally bomb targets when it's completely out of human sight. And that's, that's pretty terrifying. So something like that in development uh, would... Uh, to you know, 50 years prior to its to its um, being known, would would you know, would we would probably describe as a as a UFO, and and we've had flying wings in development since uh, pretty much uh, heavier than air flight, and uh, by 1947 we had flying wings that look very much like our 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 current stealth bomber, so I've seen those types of things that are explainable, um, rocket launches. I've been to several of those from the from the Delta IV Heavy, um, you know, to the Minotaur rocket, a smaller payload rocket, still this huge uh, launch vehicle, uh, the space shuttle. I've, I've experienced and witnessed those types of launches, uh, nighttime launches, daytime launches, um, anything like that, if witnessed by an, an ancestor would certainly, I'm sure, seem uh, paranormal. But, you know, in the military, you have the same spectrum of events that you do in the, in the greater world at large. and um, I would say that, uh, you know, military people talk about hauntings. Uh, for instance, Warren Air Force Base, I was, uh, I was there um, covering some stories. And, um, you know, many people that I interviewed said that the base is haunted, uh, which is something I would love to follow up with a, with a story or a book sometime just on Warren, Warren Air Force Base. Uh, it has all this history from the ancient days where it was an, an, army, um, an army center. Uh, there's many others. And, and you know, I share uh, some of these stories in my book, The Paranormal Christian, where, where I've interviewed people and they tell about their stories. Um, uh, but to my own uh, experience, uh, I had a, uh, a team member who was a videographer who passed away a number of years ago. His name was Roy Harper. He's a dear friend. Uh, several of us had paranormal experiences where we felt that Roy was visiting us uh, there at the base at Los Angeles Air Force Base. Again, this is uh, this is not this is not coming from the from the from the Air Force, uh, but this is just an anecdotal sharing 
from me to you, from myself, my own experience and the experience of others. Um, it's very interesting. You know, before Roy was a very good friend of mine and he died from pancreatic cancer um, at, at a very young age. And um, before he died, uh, some of our team members went to visit him uh, in the hospital and he was just trying to basically stay alive long enough to see his uh, grandchild born, uh, which he was able to do. But um, I, I saw Roy many times. I wasn't able to visit on that particular uh, visit. So he sent back to me these gift bottles, the little bottles of, uh, of vodka that uh, from the baby shower. And um, I took these, these items and I just put them away. And they were, I, I had, I had this, this bottle and uh, it was just put away uh, at my desk, in my office, on the shelf. And I did a, I led a memorial service that we had for, for Roy at the, at the base. And, um, you know, it was a, it was a little bit of work. I had to put together the eulogy speech. Um, I had to get in front of a bunch of people, deliver his eulogy. Um, Roy was a Christian, by the way. Um, and, um, you know, after, you know, a bit of a, a couple of long days and a long nights, uh, being up late, trying to work on his speech and, it was very tiring and having to do with the other things and the, the grief and all that. Well, the day that I delivered his eulogy, I, I came back to the office and um, it wasn't intending to. And uh, like I say, I got this bot, this little, this little souvenir bottle and I just, just put it away. I never really looked at it because, you know, I was dealing with the grief of losing my friend. And um, after I finally got back to my office, it was late at night. It was dark outside. And I was finally took a breath of relief because the day was passed everything was, was over. I was now going to be able to rest a little bit. And my hand just kind of landed on that bottle. And when it did, I turned it around because it had been facing away. And I actually read what uh, the, there was a tag on the bottle that I hadn't noticed before the writing. And it said, thank you, you know, and, you know, a lot of people would write that off as a coincidence, but I really feel like my friend Roy was saying to me, Hey, Richard, thank you for for, for, for what you did for my eulogy. I, I appreciate it. And thank you for your friendship. And there were several people that reported to me that they were, they would be alone in, in another, in an, in their office, you know, somewhere in, in, in that building. And uh, they would get a sense that someone had come around them and that it was Roy. I had several people speak to this and um, probably the most uh, amazing thing of all was we did a, we did a memorial service off of the Manhattan uh, beach pier for Roy uh, several months later, because uh, he was from he was from um, Macon, Georgia, uh, it, not far from the Atlanta area. Uh, but I think that his he told me many times that the job we he had with us in L.A. was the favorite job that he ever had. And uh, out of all the jobs of his life, and he really loved his job as a videographer with with us. Um, so his wife, when um, you know, this was many months later, she returned to the California, Los Angeles, Southern California area, and she wanted to do a special ceremony. So we, um, he, she brought his cremated remains and she wanted to scatter them into the ocean. So I supported that. Um, I was kind of like, I guess, uh, a little bit like an acting minister uh, for that ceremony. And we were there with a group of friends who, who went to the pier to, to do this. And um, Roy's favorite color was yellow. So, uh, Several people uh, wore yellow that were involved with this. And an amazing thing happened. So we were out there. His wife had a, a bouquet of yellow yellow roses that she threw out into the water before she scattered his, his remains. 
And, um, you know, people, some people were crying. Some people had testimonies. Uh, there was a, some, a bit of prayer. And um, uh, after, we, after we conducted the ceremony, I had my cell phone. And um, I, was, I was looking at my cell phone trying to uh, send a text uh, to my friend. And I saw this uh, kind of a silhouette went across the screen of my phone, a reflection, you know, of someone passing behind me. And it was a person wearing a polo shirt, um, a yellow polo shirt. My friend Roy always wore polo. He loved polo shirts. You know, that was like his uniform, polo shirt, jeans, sneakers, uh, ball cap, and he's good to go. So this person, the silhouette was wearing a polo shirt and they were wearing a hat. And, um, they, they passed close to me. So I, uh, you know how you, 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 you instantly turn to see a human that's in pro that kind of proximity because, you know, well, you don't want to get bumped from behind or whatever. You just, there's a person there. You turn around and look. And I saw this, this, um, reflection pass across and then I spun around and there was nobody there. So once again, uh, it's, you know, I'm not expecting to see anything strange or paranormal, but. I saw a figure pass through the re a reflection in my cell phone, but then there was nobody there when I turned to look. So, um, yeah, those are, those are very real things that we all experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there's plenty of people listening to this right now who've had something similar, or like you say, someone in the family has definitely had something similar. So it goes on, it goes on. Um, right, do you want to tell people where they can get the book and, uh, before we close out? Oh, yes, I'll be happy to. So my book, The Paranormal Christian, it's available on Amazon.com. Uh, it's also available on Barnes at Barnes & Noble. Um, any of your finer booksellers will be, be able to get, get you the book. You just go to them and tell them that you want your copy of The Paranormal Christian. And um, I definitely invite all of you who are interested to pick up the book and read it. And I'd love to hear your feedback, too. Um, and uh, any, any, any criticism, too, uh, good or bad. So uh, if you if you if you would like to, I, I would encourage you to leave a review on Amazon. And uh, because I believe that, you know, ultimately I want this to be uh, a, a, a launch point, uh, you know, to, to, to stimulate conversation, to get us all talking together about these things, to bring us all together. And, uh, and I want to grow together too, as a writer and uh, as a, a purveyor of this, of this viewpoint. And um, so, yeah, the paranormal Christian, please go to Amazon, pick up the book. And if you're, if you like to uh, leave a review, uh, good or bad, and I would, I would welcome your comments. Yeah. Well, that's all I ever say, you know, I like people getting in touch, even if it's bad, just so you can know where you went wrong or, you know, try and, um, right. you know, it's, it makes a difference. Absolutely. Rather than someone just thinking oh, that was rubbish and, and not letting you know, you know? Sure. Yeah. And I also would like to, if I may share my website, it's uh, zoranpress.com. That's Z-O-R-A-N. Uh, press.com um, and Zorian Press is um, my publishing company and um, the Paranormal Christian is one of, of the one of our, our um, one of our brands within Zorian Press but Zorian Press uh, by and large is about um, it's about um, stories that inspire um, and that uh, entertain you know that's what we want to do with, with, with Zorian Press um, I also have a, um, a Facebook business page, the paranormal Christians, you can reach out to me there. Um, and, uh, if, 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 even if you're not interested in any of this, I'm also a film critic. So if you like movies and TV, I have a, a, a site also on Facebook It's LA film reviews. So 
even if we can't uh, talk about the paranormal because it's not your thing or, or religion or Christianity, if you just like a good movie, then you can also connect with me there on LA Film Reviews. You've got it all covered. <laughs> You'll have to let me know about the Warren uh, base. If you get stuff on that and you do something, then let me know. Yes, but, sir. But yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for joining Love me. To. I know it's early there. Thank so you. Great stuff. It's been, it's been a great pleasure for me. And uh, to all your viewers, I just want to say, you know, uh, uh, hey, you know, the, the Christian faith, um, it, it, it's, 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 it, it, it aligns with the paranormal. And, uh, you know, we, we love you. We love all people. And uh, it, it's just been a, a joy and a privilege. And uh, by the way, book two, I'm working on book two. It'll be coming out in 2021. And uh, we get into even more uh, uh, friend, uh, what a lot of people call fringe topics is where we really delve into after death communications, uh, UFOs and all that kind of thing. So uh, I hope hopefully we can talk uh, some more when book two comes out. Well, that's right. My street. So definitely, buddy. Yeah. Nice one. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Have a have a great day. And you. Cheers, matey. Bye. Okay, so there you go. Very interesting. I think it's interesting if you're if you're a Christian. I think it's interesting if you're not a Christian. Um, and why this stuff's overlooked, uh, you know, is beyond me, but it is. So, if you like the book, it's called A Paranormal Christian. And again, you can find it on Amazon. It should be fairly easy. It's by Richard D. Lewis. All right, that being said, don't forget about When Cryptids Call. Um, listen, review, share... You know, that's that's the main thing. You know, if you can share it, that's a massive, massive help. If you know anybody that's seen a cryptid or you've seen a cryptid yourself and you want to be on the show, then it's whencryptidscall at gmail.com. Obviously, you can contact me on supernaturalpod at gmail.com as well, but whencryptidscall at gmail.com is the email for that podcast. And obviously, the other podcast that we're, we're about to launch, if you want to let me know what you think about the idea... You know, even if you give us some ideas, whatever whatever you want to wear, you know, we're open to suggestions. So that's just let me know at supernaturalpod at gmail.com. Or if you're on Facebook, just direct message me on there. It's no problem. But that being said, have a great week. Uh, we'll try and get these shows out as soon as possible. You know, we're working hard to do it. It's not easy at the moment. Everything's sort of up in the air. Um, but we are trying, you know, believe me. So that being said, have a great week and we'll see you on the other side. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back.